0: When I look in the mirror, I don't see wrinkles. When I look in the mirror, I see hair on my head, not my shoulder.
1: Hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berger and this is Generation Bold, the fountain of truth. The fountain of truth about aging. And one of the things that we help you do is make the connection between information and attitude. Information about aging, what's happening in the world of longevity, health span, health care, and lifestyle, so that you change your attitude about aging, so that the attitude you have is so much more contributory to this world. You have more energy. And in fact, eventually, with that information, you also live longer because it is proven, there are so many studies that show, that a better attitude toward your own future actually gives you a longer future. So today, it's no surprise that one of our uh, really honored guests is Phil Newman, because in his own way, he really is a futurist. He is the editor-in-chief of Longevity Technology. He is the founder of First Longevity, which brings international investors and longevity startups together. And that means he has his eye on the prize. He has his finger on the pulse. I got you everywhere working there. Uh, Phil, so that we can understand what's new, what's happening, what the future may bring in the world of longevity. So thank you for being with us today, Phil.
2: Adrian, it's a pleasure.
1: All right, so let's jump into this. We've known each other for a long time. I've been watching uh, uh, longevity technology and reading for from the beginning, probably. And I'm seeing this, I, I would call this a snowball effect, starting very small and over and over again. I'm seeing more and more companies, startups, and actually very large companies going into the world of longevity technology. But before we do anything, let's explain to the listeners, what is longevity technology so they understand it on a basic level?
2: Uh, sure well at a basic level longevity uh, dot technology is the domain address for our website so simply type in www.longevity.technology and you'll find our website and really we see the website being a uh, conduit for all of the interesting things that are happening in the world of um, research commerce investment and commercialization in the field of longevity and we've done a derivative of our website or producer derivative which is specifically focused on consumers as well so um with regards to the way that we are communicating into the market we're actually going to be changing that up over the next few months where we'll be separating some of the crossover content and and working specifically into two domains the business domain and the consumer domain of longevity because really the the sector has grown into an industry now and we need to calibrate the way we communicate and uh, and evolve it over a period of time so that's what we're doing right now adrian
1: and actually, I will tell you that some great investors about five years ago or four years ago said to me, Adrian, longevity is not an industry. And those same people today have changed their mind. So what does it mean to the consumer? It means that more and more startups are looking at products and services, not just healthcare, not just curative, not just medicine, but to prevent some of the diseases of aging, to help you not just live longer, because longevity Seems like it's just about length of life, but in fact, it's about health of life, too. So since you see and report, actually, on so many of these things, Phil, is there anything right now that's exciting to you, the most exciting? one or two things that you're, happen- that you're seeing happen in the field of longevity or longevity technology?
2: Yeah, well, to reflect what you just said there, Adrian, we have seen this transform into an industry now. So when I looked back in 2018 um, at the sector, it felt a bit of a mess and it felt like there was quite a lot of uh, rhetoric in the sector where people were talking about living for, forever immortal immortalists and as well as people talking about living to 500 600 a thousand years old and, and you know that's that's still valid in terms of people's perceptions because we all need innovators and creative thinkers to help us move forward but also what's happened is is that the science community and the investment community has now come in behind all of this because they can really see that if we can help people by living uh, longer more productive healthier lives and staving off those diseases of aging then of course that's going to be beneficial for everybody the, the, the trauma of cardiovascular disease on individuals on their families on the healthcare systems that they're part of as well as Alzheimer's diabetes all of these things we can see that there are pathways now to, to preventing these diseases from happening in the first place And in many respects, the the way that the industry now is calibrating itself and talking really is, is very important to making it a mainstream investment category, as well as a mainstream product and consumer category. So we see it's happening. It's still early days. But what we found now really is that people are now not just talking about their epigenetics sorry their genetics they're now talking about epigenetics so which is what's above their genetics so you know there's obviously what we're born with in terms of our um, our genetics but likewise it's our, our lifestyle and our environment and as a real development of the wellness sector people are really starting to switch into the fact that they, they obviously need to Manage their their exercise, their diet, their sleep, and their stress levels. And unfortunately, is also for for those that enjoy a drink, their alcohol consumption. Those those five things will really help you calibrate your your baseline as an individual to to make sure that you live as as long and as healthy as you possibly can.
1: So, you know, then, what Bill is, I just want to uh, pause here for a minute too to tell the folks that there are two very important things embedded in what Phil Newman is saying. And remember, this is a person who has that 360-degree view of what has been a very chaotic, very complicated transformation in both industry, investing, and health. One is that we moved, we move from people who were, let's say, the visionaries, and many of them were criticized, because they would talk about living forever. And so it was a very marginalized topic that people could giggle at, particularly if you were a geroscientist. And now that's moved away from that to something very concrete, which is we can live much healthier, much longer. We don't have to be satisfied with getting Alzheimer's or being proud that we could live to 80 or 86. No, it could be much longer than that and healthy. And industry, big money, has taken this up so that it's becoming a sector. Do you remember the days of biotech when you didn't know what that was and now most of you have those stocks in your regular IRAs? So this is what's happening and this is why I want you to know about it as early as possible. Uh, so let's get back. You were talking about something, Phil, uh, you were rattling off sleep and you were rattling off um, you know, good epigenetics, how your genes express themselves these are different biomarkers or hallmarks of aging. So what are you seeing uh, the industry focusing on of all these different hallmarks of aging and COVID brought up the immune system into everybody's consciousness, Uh, where is it at? Uh, Is there a particular focus in these startups that one can invest in or venture capitalists are investing in in terms of the hallmarks of aging and preventing some of these horrible diseases?
2: Yes, of course. Well, Adrian, you, you're referring to the hallmarks of ageing, which um, there were originally nine of them. Yes. And the industry got very exercised about a year ago when there was the concept of the 10th hallmark of ageing, perhaps coming into uh, into the, the canon of uh, hallmarks. Well, there was a, a conference this year where they added more hallmarks of ageing. And I, I believe there are 15 or 16 of them now. So it shows you that really the, the science is starting to move on. And effectively, these. These aging drivers whether they are uh, DNA repair, um, telomere regulation, uh, okay. glyconation, th- these are all very highly scientific terms but what they are in fact is they are aging drivers and those aging drivers when you're in your middle-aged years um, they become more pervasive. They either, you either get more of them or fewer of them as you uh, as you get older. And of course they become precursors to the diseases of aging, which are things like cardiovascular disease and Alzheimer's and, and so on. So if as an industry we can start to identify and manage those aging pathways and then work out ways in which we can adjust them, dialing them down or dialing them up, we're able to really effectively keep people younger uh, metabolically which means that if you're perhaps, you know, in your, let, let's take myself. So I'm 55 and my my chronological age is 55, but my metabolic age or my epigenetic age is 47. So th- that means that obviously rather than being five years away from the age of 60, when most of the diseases of aging start to take hold, I'm actually 13 years away from them. Now I'm not going to stay away from 60 forever metabolically, but, the longer I can do that, the better I'm going to be in terms of my, my future um, health and the, the, the future length of my life. And really, I feel the key thing that from a consumer perspective, from a from a human perspective, is the concept of understanding the difference between your chronological age and your metabolic your age.
1: So when yes. we come back, we're going to take a little bit of a break now and we're going to hit just that. Uh, I'll also tell you about how I measure my age. Phil, you're probably measuring your age. When we come back, we're going to talk to Phil Newman, who's the editor in, uh, and chief of uh, longevity technology. That's longevity.technology.com, founder of First Longevity. We're going to talk about biomarkers, and we're going to talk about biological clocks, which again is rife with startups and new companies that are helping you measure these hallmarks of aging. Is it something you can do in your home? Well, Don't
0: you go anywhere. Full of it. But that doesn't bother me, not even a bit. Cause I am happy. And I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Da 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 da. Da da da. You may think that I'm full of it. But that doesn't bother me, not even a bit. Cause I am happy. And I freely admit I'm inappropriate.
1: Hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the fountain of truth, the fountain of truth about aging. And I'm going to catch you up if you missed the first section of our show. We're here today with Phil Newman. He is the editor in chief of Longevity Technology. You can find it at www.longevity.technology. Why would you want to look? Well, because this is the guy with a 360 degree view of what's happening in the world of investing in startups, what's new and what's going to affect your life in the future when it comes to your own healthy aging. If you take a look at our website, adrianberg.com, you're going to see that we are everywhere. We've archived all of our shows for the past four years, including some very important award-winning shows and also gives you some instructions on how to go to iTunes, iHeartRadio, wherever we're heard, and uh, give us a very good rating. It's important that people know that they can control their own long future, and we help them do that. So one of the things that I've been doing is going to conferences. And Phil Newman was at one of those important conferences called RadFest. And if you go to Adrianberg.com and you go to contact me, I will send you our Audio and video reviews of RadFest. That's one of the conferences that looks at longevity. It used to be, Phil, uh, something that was very marginal, way out there, all about longevity and immortality. But since you were there uh, for the four days that I was, you see that it is much more science oriented. And folks, if you had been there, one of the things you would have seen was great discussions on how to measure your own hallmarks of aging through biological clocks and biomarkers. And there are so many people and companies going into that field right now uh, with startups and different types of clocks that soon it's going to be confusing to us, the consumer. So let me throw this to you, Phil. You talked about the hallmarks of aging. You said we thought that they were eight. Now we think they are 10. At this conference, they talked about 15. We would like to measure that, the way we measure our weight. Do you feel, looking at the new companies, that this is on the horizon, and how should the consumers start thinking about measuring their own hallmarks of aging?
2: Well, um, you can measure your hallmarks of aging using a a product from a company called Ginfinity. Um, They have a panel that offers the nine hallmarks of aging. and that's at, uh, I believe the company's called, uh, well, the company's specifically called ginfinity but I believe if you did a search on aging SOS, you'll find their site. But um, that's one avenue. But of course, it doesn't give you what would be the subject of our earlier discussion, which is your epigenetic age. So there are different tests that are available to measure epigenetic age using a technique called DNA methylation. So you could go to see a company called uh, True Diagnostic, uh, which is TRU Diagnostic. Then there's also the uh, what's called the Clock Foundation. And these are organizations that are working on uh, helping people through a blood Blood draw to which you can do at home uh, to understand what their uh, their by the, the, the chronological ages that they have as at the time of their blood test, and give you an indication as to if it's plus or minus your chronological age. Some of the interventions that you can you can you can implement to ensure that you're helping to keep your health and longevity optimized. So that's a very important part of how people can start to calibrate their uh, their own behaviour by by their um, their metabolic age but the the, the reality is, is it's very new it's a new science um, there was a conference that i went to last week and eric vadin who is the uh, director of the the Buck Institute, he yeah. did draw up some some points that said that perhaps uh, there are other ways um, that need to be looked at in terms of these tests and that maybe these tests um, need to be validated in different ways. Really, he was saying that the industry is still very young. And of course, it will get better over a period of time in terms of its accuracy, but this is a young industry. So it will get to a point where the industry works on its baselines and creates a standard That everybody is happy to work towards and as you do in any industry and in the future we'll get to a point where clinicians have got bulletproof tests that can measure people's age to help them identify whether they're uh, ahead or behind their their chronological years and i do feel that once people become aware of that, that their minds will be expanded to the possibility of staying younger longer and I feel that that's going to be a very important trigger point in the industry we're not there yet um enthusiasts and early early adopters like myself and yourself adrian you know we understand that but for this to get out into the wide community that's going to take a few years yet but yeah, i would encourage people to do it because it really does help you understand where you are uh in your own life and for, for me i'm I'm seven sorry I'm eight years younger than my chronological years but my wife is actually 10 years older so in many respects there's um, an 18 18 year difference between us now even though we are, uh, are we have a, the, we're born in the same year so that gives you an idea of, of, of how how varied it can be and speaking on behalf of my wife she's now had a bit of a shock with that and now she's looking at ways in which she can bring down her uh, her metabolic age to be more accurately reflecting her chronological age
1: yes and you see one of the things that we talk about all the time we've had so many guests on the show and phil Newman just actually rattled it off at our first segment there are things that we call gero interventions things that you can do to get a little bit younger biologically and those are the things your mother told you to do exercise eat right get good sleep have a life purpose i get the energy back in your life. Make sure your vitamins are right. I'm not talking about fancy nutraceuticals. That's a whole other topic. But make sure that you, when you go to your doctor and he gives you your blood levels and he says you're down on magnesium, you, you take care of yourself. All of those things, particularly the exercise and the right nutrition, can m- keep you younger, longer. What is happening for the consumer without their knowledge? Think of a world where there was no such thing as the bathroom scale. Where you could not weigh yourself, or you had to spend a ton of money to go to some special place to weigh you, or to know your BMI. Well, this is what biomarkers, in my opinion, and biological clocks are going to become eventually. People will have them. They'll be part of, they'll be like, Siri, tell me how old I am today. It's going to happen, and it's going to happen through longevity technology, and everyone will know about it and take it for granted. But I want us to know about it early. And it is absolutely true. You're right, Phil. I use two very simple, cheap things. One is a scale that tells me my metabolic age. And the other one is a blood test series, which actually Medicare covers, by the way. People don't know this. But yes. And, uh, and I have two different ages. One is 66 and one is 71. I'm actually 75. So I'm happy with both of them. But, but they are different. And that's because there are different kinds of clocks measuring different things with different kinds of accuracy. So don't get too excited, the way Phil Newman says, longevity technology is on the job uh, to weed out what's right and to entice the right investors for the right kinds of new companies. I just want you to know what's on the horizon. When we come back, I want to talk to you, Phil, about the the greatest problem that we face today in aging, and that, of course, is Alzheimer's. More money is put into that than anything else, and I really want your opinion as to whether we're getting anywhere. So you guys do not go anywhere.
0: We'll be right back. am full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age, da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da, you may think that, that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me. I am happy and I freely admit
1: I'm inappropriate for my age. And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the fountain of truth, the fountain of truth about aging. Now, very recently, and you may be hearing this next year because we archive all of our shows, and so does iTunes and so does iHeartRadio. But in 2022, October, there were two important conferences. And they're very different. One is RADFEST, uh, which actually has an attitude that we can become immortal, yet they deal with the day-to-day geroscience that will make us live longer, not forever, and healthier. The other conference is a conference of just generally all geroscientists, uh, usually uh, listened to by other geroscientists, very technical, called the Catalyst Institute. And Metabesity, Targeting Metabesity, is their conference. And they were almost back-to-back. And for two years, I helped found and create the conferences for the Catalis Institute. In both of these conferences, we had a terrific speaker, uh, Phil Newman, and he's our guest today, who really sees the industry of longevity through longevity technology. Please take a look at longevity.technology if you want to learn more about his newsletter and his work, and also as the founder of First Longevity, which takes a look at startups brings he's almost like a matchmaker bringing investors, the right kind of investors to these startups. Eventually, longevity will become an investment sector for all of us, just like healthcare is and biotech is and you know um, fuel is, uh, it will become one of those sectors that your advisor, is going to tell you to invest it. In. But these are for, these are early stages. And as we look at what's on the market, we also begin to look at what's available to us. So one of those things is groups of measurers like biomarkers and bioclocks. Another, of course, are ways of Gero intervention, uh, reversing some of the bad signs of aging we already have once we know we have them. But if you take a look at the money, that's spent by the NIA, National Institute on Aging, NIH, National Institute on Health. It's all about Alzheimer's. So I'm going to throw this tough one to you, Phil, and that is what's happening in the field? Is anybody coming up with a startup or not such a startup that you think is really going to intervene and help us with the scourge of aging, which is Alzheimer's?
2: Yes. Well, um, there's the uh, there's an organization a company, biotech company called Biogen, uh, which is a very big, big NASDAQ quoted company. And uh, in partnership with a Japanese uh, biotech called Isai, they have um, announced that they've had very positive results from their clinical study of uh, just under 2000 participants about Helping them with early early Alzheimer's disease, so early mild cognitive impairment. And of course that that is very encouraging. It's been quite uh, quite a contentious discovery process that they've been through. There are a lot of people that felt that the FDA uh, fast tracked the uh, the approval process, other people felt it was valid. Um, at the end of the day it's the data that does the talking. And so far their their clinical data is looking very positive. And of course, that will need to go through the regulatory peer review process and be accepted by, by the FDA formally. But really, that will be the first drug that we see on the market that is available to people to help with early onset uh, Alzheimer's. Of course, we we want to be in a position really where we can catch Alzheimer's well, first of all, we can prevent Alzheimer's from happening in the first place, which is what I was referring to earlier, where we're looking at these aging drivers and really understanding can we can we mitigate any of those early signals of disease creation and and hit them before they actually become anything to be concerned about. But likewise, uh, diagnostics is a is a very important part of understanding. You know, are you in a position where you're going to be? at risk so you know there are alzheimer's genes which you can get tested for and i've had a uh, recently had a brain scan uh, i had an mri scan of my brain which then went through a um, a company's process the company's called brainkey um so if you go to brainkey.ai uh, you can you can see where that they where you can get clinical support but basically at the end of the day i had a 3d brain scan and a lot of the uh, physical attributes that a brain would have that would give indication to somebody of me being 55, that you have a a downstream concern. Both my parents, um, uh, one's died of Alzheimer's and one has Alzheimer's. Um, So it's a big thing for me as as an individual. So far, so good. I'm I'm showing pretty well that my brain's in good condition and that I don't have anything to worry about at this time. So, you know, what, one think-
1: of those things, Phil, uh, I'll say, is there's controversy over whether you should know uh, early on any of these things. Of course, you and me, we have the same view, is that you should. That if you can detect anything earlier, you're better off. But you say with Alzheimer's, there's nothing you can do about it. But that is not true. Uh, there's a lot of slowing processes that can be done. There's a lot of medications, even with this particular disease. Now, now now let's go back uh, to you with regard to that. And that is price. I'm going to go right to the jugular. Uh, I have also had an MRI, but uh, it was covered because it was a, a, because I'm a Medicare, and certain things allow to be covered. But if I took that or got a 3D and went to that company, it would be on private pay. Where do you see that happening? Where do you see the payers coming in in these uh, startups and you know the future companies, so that it's there's some equity in being mm-hmm. able to access these helpful, preventative, and curative new longevity devices and uh, protocols.
2: Well, interestingly, the insurance sector is really starting to get into this now, because um, when you have a a life insurance company. Of course, they they want you to stay long and long lived and healthy for as long as possible. It's absolutely within their their benefit if they can if they can help you to do so. So we are finding now that um, epigenetic testing is now starting to get into the insurance sector, which is the life insurance sector, not the health insurance sector. But people are starting to get it in terms of helping people early to prevent those downstream issues and. Really what we'll find in the future is that healthcare systems will start to switch more to preventative strategies than um, disease management strategies. Really the current paradigm that unfortunately we're all stuck in is that the healthcare system one disease at a time. Uh, And obviously the, the concept of fixing disease as an age as uh, aging as a disease is one of those things that people get very exercised about in in our industry, the the FDA doesn't classify aging as a disease. And it's one of those points that perhaps they never will. Um, maybe they'll get there one day. But really, um, aging is a syndrome of many things. And of course, what you want to be in a position of doing is really understanding what are your your weak points for you metabolically so you can get ahead of fixing those as you go forward and really what will happen is is um as the as the healthcare system matures into really considering disease prevention as being actually a beneficial to their a beneficial thing to their their profit lines as well as their customers that they'll they'll start to switch around and of course understanding how the u.s healthcare system works of course if you if you have a, uh, a disease, then you'll have an allowable code, and if a doctor gets paid for fulfilling an allowable code, books gets ticked, payments are made, everybody's happy. So, therefore, the infrastructure and the mindset sitting behind most healthcare systems at this stage it is really kind of the wrong way for where we where we want right, to longevity. be sick.
1: Yeah, I always say that here in the US, it's terrible place to stay well. It's an excellent place to be sick. Because there, they will bring in all the forces to help you. But there's very little covered for prevention. And that is changing, uh, you know, because we are in the field of aging here. And so Medicare is coming up with some interesting things. But the reason I want all the listeners to know about longevity.technology, just www.longevity.technology, is, for example, it's there that I first read about the fact that some insurance companies will actually pay for your biomarker tests and so on. Why? Because they want you to know where you're at so that you can do something about it so that they don't have to pay off so fast because you're living longer and they're keeping your premiums longer. So it's a win-win of that combination. But as Phil Newman just said, it's not health insurance that is getting into the act. It's life insurance companies that's getting into the act and eventually annuity companies. So very interesting. combination between science, industry, and your own personal finances. The rubber meets the road there. Now, when we come back, we're going to put Phil on the spot. Uh, He already disclosed to us that he is many years younger biologically than he is chronologically. And I'm going to ask him what he does about it. And I'm going to give you a little tease. I asked him about exercise during a little break. And he gave me an answer that shocked me. So don't you go anywhere.
0: Full of it, but that doesn't bother me not even a bit, because I am happy. And I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Da da da, da, da da da. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me not even a bit, because I am happy. I'm inappropriate
1: for my age. And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the fountain of truth, the fountain of truth about aging. And you can get information uh, on our blogs. There's about three or four years of blogs if you take a look at adrianberg.com, maybe four years of our weekly podcasts on adrianberg.com. But if you use iTunes or iHeartRadio or Libsyn or Google Podcasts, we're on all of those. So please take a look and please give us a good rating because I want this information out to the public. We have also just become disseminated on babyboomer.org, babyboomer.org. There are many, many, many members who do not have this information. There's so much out there about aging. It is all negative. It is all you're going to get Alzheimer's or it's all about silly things. And I know I get criticized, but silly things like pickleball. There is now a book, and I think it is aptly named Pickleball for Dummies. I'm actually going to ask the author of that to be on my show. But he also has a podcast. And the name of his podcast is I Used to Be Somebody. It's a nice name, funny name, but I'll tell you the truth. I want us to still be somebody. Thought I used to be somebody, and I'll be challenging him if he's willing to come on my show. Right now, I have with me Phil Newman, who is the uh, editor-in-chief of Longevity Technology. Take a look at longevity.technology, and you'll find plenty of information. He is also the leader, I think, in looking at startups and bringing them together with investors called First Longevity. To me, I am telling you about something as if you heard that the world is not flat. The world is round for the first time. But I think it's going to become common knowledge. I'm just bringing all this information to you earlier. And one of the things that Phil uh, and I do is we measure our biology, where we are biologically with regard to our age, not just chronologically. And people always ask me, what do you do? What do you use? So I'm going to turn the tables, Phil. Uh, I ask you, what do you do uh, to be so much younger biologically than you are chronologically? And I thought you were going to say exercise, but you didn't. So tell us what that's all about.
2: Uh, sure. Well, um, I have, I, I used to do a lot of very extreme endurance sports, um, cycling and swimming mainly. So, you know, I've i've swum long distances you know from asia to europe and the english channel and i've, I've cycled the length of the pyrenees and I, i've done lots of crazy things and um i i actually over overdid it i got to the point where um i got a virus and i i didn't actually get to the point where I've ever really got rid of that virus so I have chronic fatigue uh, which in the in the advent of COVID is now called long COVID it's just a similar similar thing with um, uh, a different pathology but at the end of the day um, I'm not in a position where I can exercise so really while I've been pursuing my career in longevity I've been um, not exercising. So I can tell you right now, uh, Adrian, that nothing to do with my longevity is to do with exercising because I do very little. I can perhaps do 15 minutes uh, of mild exercise in the pool or on, a, on an exercise bike.
1: So the question becomes, what is it? Is it nutraceuticals? Is it better eating? Is it intermittent fasting? All of the above?
2: Yep, it's all of the above. So, so I did actually have... Um, uh some tests done so i have a a personalized vitamin regime um which is including the things that you'd appreciate you know it's got uh, vitamin vitamin d3 in there and uh, coq10 and omega3 uh, all of the things that you would know but likewise i've got some other things in there like uh, glutathione boosters um I also use um, an NMN product, which is a a NAD plus precursor. And in fact, I toggle between NMN and NR, uh, two different ways to to improve your NAD plus levels, which obviously fall away as you get older. These are
1: niacin, by the way, folks. These are niacin. You can get them in any store. But in terms of dosage, in terms of um, effectiveness, they're all different. Each company is different. That's another show we will have what nutraceutical to buy because we're inundated with that now in our regular pharmacies or online. And they're better and worse products. So right now, because they're not FDA regulated in the same way as drugs, there is some regulation. Uh, we really don't know what to take. We know we should take something, but we don't know what. And so this is what um, what Phil has done. He's gotten himself a personalized program, which of course also costs some money. So I'm trying to get pre- I call it precision nutraceuticals free for everybody, but um, I don't know. <laughs> I have to last a long time to make that happen. So you have the nutraceuticals. Go ahead, uh, and and what else turns the tide for you other than uh, since you're not really exercising?
2: Yeah. Well, interestingly, I, I was a vegetarian uh, all my adult life, from from being 16 through to uh, being what would be now 52, uh, 53. Um, so I've been eating. Um, protein through through meats over the last year and a half which has helped me i would imagine it feels like the, the right proteins are going into my body now um i do follow intermittent fasting but not religiously i mean i know a lot of people perhaps do a an eight hour fast where they only eat for eight hours in the day so they may start have their first meal at 12 midday and have their last piece of food at 8 p.m in the evening you know i do follow that but i don't follow that religiously i'll wake up in the morning and think yeah you know i'm not feeling too hungry today and then what i'll do is not eat until. Um, till early afternoon and uh, those things combined with obviously just really ensuring that if I can uh, keep my stress levels down keep my alcohol down and uh, really at this stage I just keep it keep it as controlled as possible which is easy to say and it's hard to do sometimes but I, I would highly recommend to people that they they do think about what they're actually uh, putting in their bodies in terms of uh, nutrition so i had a i had a drawer and a cupboard full of all the vitamins that i thought i should be taking because of various articles i've read or conversations with friends who have said oh you know you should take this it's worked wonders for me The reality is is if if you're not actually understanding whether it is working wonders for you, you can fill yourself up with hundreds of pills during a month and you don't really know whether they're working for you or not. So I would recommend working with a nutritionalist and understanding are you eating the right things and are you supplementing the right way? It's a a good thing to do. And I do get a a personalized um, month supply of personalized vitamins arrive uh, through my door every 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 month. And I'd say it's cheaper than actually going into the store and buying 10 different products to, to supplement me for, for a month.
1: Yes, my journey has been, and, and a lot of people are on the same journey I was. Uh, first, I just took vitamins like omega-3, and, and my mom was the first, one of the first responders um, in terms of nutraceuticals. She used to say, I have the healthiest closet in America. And the reason she said that was she would buy all this stuff but never take it. So she said, I had, the, I had the healthiest closet in America. And I started to do that. Every time I'd read an article, I'd say, oh, I need that. And I would pay 15 to $60 for a 30 or 60-day or, or, or supply. And I began to realize that I was duplicating, that there were some different things, uh, same things and different, and I made a real chart about it. I have not yet had a precision look uh at what i should be taking but that is definitely a, a group of companies are now on the market uh where they do that for a price i don't know phil i'll ask you whether you've covered any of those whether some of those companies that do the precision work for you um some as names you'd like we do not take any a compensation for any of this so i don't have any qualms of asking you to name some companies
2: Sure. Um, well, not- um, it's, so so in the UK, uh, the, the company I work with in the UK is, is specifically just UK based at this stage, um, because obviously you're, if you're giving uh, guidance, you need to be licensed in the right country to be right. able to do so. But I'm very impressed with a company called Viome, V-I-O-M-E. So Viome offer a number of different tests and then they offer you the supplement regime that follows after that. So they're we're very.
1: They're very oriented to the microbiome, to what's going on in your gut. Uh, that's, biome. that's yeah,
2: that's correct. Yeah, exactly. And um, they do have um, uh, longevity utility, of course, in, in the in the prescriptions that they offer, or prescriptions, excuse me, the the supplements that they offer. But yes, that that's one organization that I'd encourage people to take a look at.
1: Yeah. So we have a dilemma here, and that is that a lot of these things are not as FDA regulated as prescription. Uh, and so we don't know. We don't know how viable, how accurate, how important. And on the other hand, do we want them so regulated so that it takes years and years to get the right kind of prescription uh, approved? It's a it's a real problem, the issue of regulation. I always wish that there was something like the old days, the, the good housekeeping seal of approval, uh, looking at some of these different tests nutraceuticals, and even vitamins that people are taking. We're going to be delving into that because it is certainly a great area of consumer confusion. But as we wrap this up today, this is what I want you to know. There are folks like Phil Newman who uh, have devoted their careers because of a realization that longevity and aging does not have to be a problem. It could actually be the solution. Because it gives you more and more years to love your life and accomplish what you want to accomplish, and sees the future of aging being much longer and healthier than we have it today. And while we're all looking at things like how will we spend our next 10 years or 15 years in retirement, maybe we should be thinking about how are we going to spend our next 30 or 40 years and not retire, because we will be. So strong and so with it that we can continue to be contributory to the world. So, Phil, I hope you, ha- you find the great startups and I hope that you find the investors to do this because this is really for us. So thank you for what you're doing, Phil.
2: Oh, it's a pleasure. And, you know, um, Adrian, the, the next Google, the next Apple uh, is going to be in this space. It's going to happen, and I think that in 100 years from now, we we will look back on the way that we carry our lives uh, out and and how we we live and how we retire, and I think we'll look upon it as being something that's better resigned to history. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to happen.
1: Yes. Uh, So I thank you so much, and for everybody else, I'm going to say the same thing, and there's a lot of meaning in this. What I mean is make the world sorry if they don't see you as contributory. As we grow older, the world doesn't expect much of us. Make them sorry. So I will end this show as I always do. Get out there, kids, and make it happen.
0: I'm inappropriate.